Welcome to Motley Fool Money. I'm Chris Hill, and I'm joined by Motley Fool Senior Analyst Seth Jason, James Early, and Shannon Zimmer. Guys, happy Thursday. Good to be here. Happy short Thursday, week this Chris. week, so we're going on Thursday. Coming up, we'll discuss the latest in the Bernie Madoff saga, Walmart's decision to jump into the national health care debate, and share a few stock ideas. But we start once again this week with the big macro. The government announced earlier today that the nation's unemployment rate in June rose to 9.5%. Shannon? It's the highest unemployment in 26 years. Yeah, right. So you have to, given where we have come so far, you have to ask, is the glass half full or half empty? And of course, the answer is that it's all relative. If you want to feel thin, you hang out with the obese. If you want to feel buff, <laughs> you hang out with Seth. Yeah. And if you want to feel sober, you hang out well with you, Chris. Absolutely. So it is nice. all relative. And uh, whether or not you think the glass is half full or half empty depends on how much you have had to drink. And we have been quite clean and sober here around this table. So none of this is a surprise. And anybody who's not, been, to, not to this crowd here. Yeah. Yourself. Or, or folks who've been tuning in. You know, everybody... I think who is paying attention anticipates that unemployment will eventually go to uh, double digits, which is, of course, tragic for folks who are losing their jobs, but it is not at all uh, a surprise. You know, the, the conventional wisdom is that unemployment figures are a lagging indicator and as a barometer, an economic barometer, of course they are, but there is a way in which they kind of point to where we are likely to land, too. And I, I don't want to push too hard on this analogy, but it is somewhat analogous to uh, inventory reductions. The more that stores and manufacturers take off the shelves, the more replenishment has to happen when we do finally bounce back. The same uh, dynamic occurs with the labor force as well. The higher the reductions, uh, the, the more folks will have to be hired back when the economy really does turn around. And so the stage is being set, even though, again, for uh, folks who've lost their jobs, it's quite grim. The stage is being set for a nice bounce back. Such a callous, callous explanation. <laughs> but that <laughs> actually makes Moi? sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with Shannon. This is. You, you agree that employees are inventory? Just inventory to Shannon. <laughs> I love each and every one of them. <laughs> Shannon's the one who's stacking them like cordwood and putting <laughs> so them up. Seth J. Okay. Yeah. This, is, this is really not a surprise, I don't think. I'm, I'm, I'm always surprised when people are surprised. What this also means going forward is that this is something we've said over and over again, and it also bears repeating, which is that you have to look at some some of this market rally and say to yourself, all right, with weak employment, you know, continuing longer, a little more than people thought, how much of that is justified? How much do you think the consumer is going to be spending coming up? And the answer is probably not as much as before we went into this economic tailspin. So just be careful out there. Yeah, and so the takeaway for investors here, I think, is you know when the recovery uh, occurs, I think it will be more robust than it otherwise would have been. But there's no telling when that's going to happen. It's just a magic eight ball guess. Uh, for right now, it's a great time to sort of take a look at your portfolio, make sure that it really does match up with your risk tolerance and not the one that you thought you were regaining as the Dow was bouncing back. <laughs> Pay careful attention to beaten down value stocks as well. You know the rally that we've had, uh, as impressive in some ways as it's been, has actually been quite thinly traded, and uh, there's a lot of money on the sidelines. As that begins to come back in earnest, and you see companies like IBM. Walmart, Johnson & Johnson trading at or below the market's multiple, I think that those are going to be the uh, beneficiaries early on. This week, Bernie Madoff was sentenced to 150 years in prison. Madoff's $65 billion Ponzi scheme claimed a who's who of big names, including Steven Spielberg, Jeffrey Katzenberg, the CEO of DreamWorks Animation, Sandy Koufax, and as we discussed at length on a previous podcast, actor Kevin Bacon and his <laughs> wife, Kira Sedgwick. James, Madoff was on the SEC's radar for a long time. Uh, what gives here? Uh, well, I think the, the first lesson is just because Kevin Bacon does something, it doesn't make it automatically okay. Um, <laughs> Heresy. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
for, first of all, yeah, investors need to to do their own homework. There are some very basic red flags. As, as someone coming from this, you know, the, the institutional investing world, but before Motley Fool, uh, that that should have been caught. I mean, you never, you don't do your own clearing, your own custody. I mean, if I tried to start a hedge fund today, doing those two things myself, I would never get any money. Uh, Bernie Madoff did simply because he had been doing it for so long, and he was this authority figure. But that's mistake number one. Um, second, there are a lot of these feeder funds out there, people who didn't necessarily realize that they even had money with Madoff or maybe they sort of kind of knew. And, and, and these people obviously failed in their due diligence. But the big failure goes to the SEC, which uh, should about be abolished in, in, in my view and started fresh. It's so messed up. Um, you know, the, the, the Post did an article, recent Washington Post did an article that, that, that mentioned this SEC lawyer, uh, uh, Jean Vivette uh, Walker Lightfoot, if, if I pronounced that right, who found in 2004 some very basic things like trade settlement and clearings weren't matching up. And, and, and she, she brought them to the attention of her boss, who sort of seemed to have dismissed them according to the story and, and, and kind of routed her elsewhere. Come to find out the boss later married Madoff's niece. Um, nothing that had nothing to do with that. No. Oh, come on. But yeah, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it is good. Okay, so, so so let me move on to my to my my opinions. So, so here. but just to be clear, for those listeners out there who are thinking about starting their own Ponzi scheme, you need to marry. It the helps you to marry you into the business. Yeah, you not really, just the SEC, but the SEC. You, you can't do it any other division. way. Yeah, correct. Um, it is good. It is good to to see a guy get a stiff penalty for a financial crime. Finally, my dad is 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 upset that he has to pay for for Bernie Madoff to live off the rest of his life in prison. But at least it's better than having him uh, out on the loose. Uh, you know, th- there are. A couple of uh, questions, actually, I've, I've got here for my Confederates. Uh, I, I can call his name that Madoff, um, <laughs> and, and we're going to try to flag the odd one out. Uh, there, there's one false answer out of three truths. So, number one, Bernard Madoff has worked at all the following jobs except one: tap dance instructor, lawn sprinkler installer, or professional lifeguard. Oh, it is tap dance instructor. I, I'm going to pick lifeguard because if that's true, it's just so ironic I can't stand it. He was actually a lifeguard. Uh. He was not a tap dance instructor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, give us I one know more. That because okay, I, one I more, one more. Which of the following was not a feature at Bernard Madoff's parties? And this was uh, my source with either 2020 or Dateline the other day. One, topless waitresses. Two, Dude, that marijuana. was one of his sales force, I Three, think. Three, Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we know the answer Marijuana. to that, but he was obviously a, a, a slime ball. So uh, you know, I'm an sociopath uh, in a weird way. I almost feel for him, but but uh, you know, he, he certainly got what he deserved. Really, you almost feel for the guy? No, just because he has to have this. Exa- I mean, he, he just he, he seems to be on a different wavelength from the rest of humanity. I, mean, I, I I don't feel bad for his punishment. I just feel bad that he because he clearly the only thing he regrets is getting caught. Yeah. Um, I, I just just that he's in that state of mind. I mean, it's just just a, a thing into his Sympathy own. for the sociopath. Very interesting. Yeah. Wait, which was it? it he, they didn't have marijuana at the party? They did, actually. Apparently, oh. Bernie indulged a lot. Yahtzee, they did not Yahtzee. have at the party. Oh, wow. A- a- any truth uh, to the I rumor go, that... I go to the wrong parties. <laughs> any truth to the rumor that a part of his punishment for uh, for Bernie Madoff is that he has to share a cell with Jack Abramoff? Is that Nice. <laughs> All right. We move to an item from our Who Would Have Thunk It department. This week, Walmart announced its support for President Obama's plan to require companies to provide health insurance for employees. Walmart is the nation's largest employer with around 1.4 million employees. Around 53% of employees are insured by Walmart, below the national average of 63% 
for companies with 200 or more employees. Seth, Walmart's announcement surprised some folks. Were you one of them? No, I had thunked this a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) This didn't surprise me uh, too much, actually, because as as big and evil in finger quotes as Walmart is, and don't get me wrong, I'm not a big fan of Walmart. I really can't stand shopping there. They actually have been okay, I think, uh, in moving towards getting more health care to their employees, and the writing is on the wall here. Something has got to give. Our healthcare system is broken. Walmart realizes that, and I believe they realize that, that putting it off and, and not being involved in a decent fix is ultimately going to be a lot more expensive than, than getting involved and getting their voice heard. And so part of the reason I think this is they made the right decision is that the uh, hired goons at the Wall Street Journal editorial page sort of came out swinging against Walmart, and their attack is really hilarious. It, they're calling Walmart self-interested, is, first of all, as if that's a bad thing in a capitalistic uh, exchange. And second of all, as if they expect anything else from any other company. Of course Walmart is doing this because they want other companies to be on a similar uh, playing field with them. But Walmart also understands efficiency better than just about any other entity in the world, I would argue. And I think Walmart sees an opportunity to for us to take control of this situation. Now, we don't know what the healthcare fix is going to be, but I believe you need the Walmarts out there to be on board. Now, I'm not a Walmart historian, but weren't these guys like vigorously fighting any kind of health care uh, legislation, and you know, five, ten years of ago? Of course, because at that point they were able to foist the costs off onto others. So now they realize that sooner or later it's coming back to them. You better figure out the way to make sure that it comes back onto you the way you want. But once they're, as soon as they, they know they have to do it, now they want to to jump on board and force everybody else to be at a competitive disadvantage. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah well, and hopefully uh, Walmart is going to lead by example here. You know, uh, Seth said that, uh, well, what did you say, Seth, exactly? For, for a large evil company, <laughs> exactly. they've been a lot less <laughs> evil than some people. As much as it quotes. pains me to say, to admit it, Seth is exactly right. To me, the thing that is surprising, though, is that it's taken the Walmarts of the world this long to figure it out. The healthcare system is broken, but it has been broken for a long time, perhaps even five or ten years ago. And why businesses have fought so hard to keep this wildly unpredictable cost on their uh, side of the balance sheet has always been a surprise to me. I'm glad that yeah. conversation has moved on. Because nobody paid attention and it was hidden for so long and not accounted for. We're, we're just finally paying a bill that, that, that we incurred a long time ago. All right, guys, it's Independence Day this weekend, so I'm going to give you your independence. Let's go around the table, <laughs> pick any story from the week that you want to highlight or shout about. It can be business, sports, pop culture, whatever. Shannon, let's start with you. Well, so uh, fire up the way back machine because I was not here last week and did not have an opportunity. Well, you know, I was on vacation. I so, was going to say, you were cozying up on a beach somewhere. Well, so you say. I was on a so-called vacation and it was uh, <laughs> uh, uh, hardly relaxing. I was uh, sort of helping 15 kids in and out of the ocean every 15 minutes until I decided to go enjoy the great indoors and that was by far uh, superior so, to so the you, other. So your wife doesn't listen to this podcast. I'm, I'm hoping not, but I tell you what, honey, next year it's Alaska. Why would you go someplace hotter than the place you already live? It makes no sense during the summer. So that was tragic, and I was not here to comment on the tragedy of losing both Michael Jackson and Farrah Fawcett on the same day. So I wanted to sort of get on our record uh, around that. So, you know, Michael Jackson obviously morphed ev- eventually into this sort of very strange cartoon figure, but the guy was just unassailably and unquestionably talented. You don't sell 40 million copies of a record uh, by accident. So there was a, some business acumen going on as well. And uh, just a 
cultural sea change too. You know, MTV in its early days wanted to be a rock outlet, and his record label Epic pushed back hard on giving MTV their rock artist videos if they would not also air Michael Jackson's videos. They didn't want to show Michael's videos, which were vastly superior to most of the. You know, I think some some black and white footage of Rush was what MTV was showing in, in, <laughs> in, in, in those days, and so and that opened up. That sort of created the future as we as we lived it through the early days of MTV. So that uh, obviously he was doing something right, and then on the Ferris side, not nearly as uh, uh, much of a game changer, but she was one, particularly for most of the people that I will charitably call my contemporaries. How we ever got away with having her posters on our walls, I'll never know. Maybe she was so iconic that even moms could not resist her charm. <laughs> James? I'm going to go with a Barney Frank story from about a week ago who thinks we should relax lending standards uh, for Freddie uh, Mac and Fannie Mae, especially on condos. I, I think he's a little bit late to the party on that. <laughs> Okay. Late to That's the party. Awesome. I think he's been at yeah. the party and he's been there way too long and by the punch Is it like a Yahtzee party or a non Yahtzee party? Because <laughs> no, it think, sounds like there are two categories. I think Barney's now. at the one where they're passing around the Tucci on the left hand side. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a great blast from the past. Uh-huh. Seth? Car sales. Has everybody seen the car sales? The, no. The best looking bottom this side of. <laughs> Farah, I don't know. That's not what. <laughs> that's not what sold that. Poster. Is your wife listening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, seriously. Uh, car sales. Okay. The 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 annualized rate for June was a little bit below the annualized rate for May, but it appears that that we're not going to stay down in the nine million forever. And this is consistent with something we've been talking about over uh, at Hidden Gems. And I'll get to it'll it'll lead into my stock on my radar. We were at a place where people were buying so few cars that the scrap rate was going to exceed that. The good thing about cars, if you're an investor in any of the auto biz, is that they eventually wear out. And so we are probably seeing uh, the bottom, I believe, uh, for annual car sales. Are they going to zoom back up where they were? Uh, not not probably, but they're not going to stay as bad as they were. Well, and we were talking about this bef- before the taping today. You're, you're going to help in that regard. Weren't you out like test driving a bunch of different vehicles? Me? Yeah. Uh, well, I bought a car a few months ago, so I was helping the economy while the rest <laughs> of you communists were talking it down, man. I'm waiting for the incentives to, to get a little richer. All right. As uh, as we are now officially in the second half of 2009, Shannon, give me one stock that's on your radar. Well, so let me sort of lean into it this way and circle back around to what I was saying earlier on. So the rally that we've been on uh, since the March lows has been very thinly traded, low volume, which does sort of underscore the fact that there's a lot of money sitting on the sidelines. When that begins to trickle back into the market in earnest, uh, I think that the, the you know beaten down blue chips are a good area to, to look to. And who is more beaten down than anyone who's associated with home builders? Uh, home builders themselves, not going to take a look at those, but the Lowe's and the Home Depots of the world, I think, are quite interesting right now. I like Lowe's, ticker is L-O-W, of course, uh, a little bit better than Home Depot, primarily on uh, uh, valuation grounds, but they've also grown market share relative to Home Depot. And, and also so because Home Depot is a terrible place to shop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're, you're wow, like you're a secret shopper. You're, like, you're <laughs> like Mr. Cranky Shopper Guy. Wow. Lowe's does make their stores to appeal to women, they say, compared to Home Depot. Uh, I don't know what that says about me, but I really like Lowe's. All right, James. <laughs> Actually, I, I do, too. I'm a bit um, I, I do not like Walmart to shop at. Says, but, the, but says I, the other guy in a pink shirt here. <laughs> um, I do not like Walmart to, to shop at, but I do like them as a stock. I'm convinced the company is taking over the world one of these days. Um, I think this healthcare stuff does bode well for them competitively, so I'm going with Walmart this week. All right, Seth? I have a stock on my radar with the most amazing non, non-committal opinion on what to do with it that I've ever had. It's AutoLive, and they make safety equipment for, for the large automakers and small automakers all around the world. They obviously got killed uh, as, as car sales plummeted. 
probably, I believe still their biggest customer is Ford, which you will probably notice did the best uh, recently in, in uh in auto sales, I think in June their sales were maybe down only 10%. We'll we'll double check that. If I'm wrong, I, I'm sorry, but they they were a lot better than a lot of their uh, compatriots. And Auto Live, uh, the stock, I'm trying to decide whether it's a buy or a sell. Quite honestly, because <laughs> because if I look at it, no based wonder on it's what on I, your radar. It is literally yeah. on your radar. Yeah. <laughs> we know that for sure. Yeah, <laughs> if I look at it based on what I think I know about about car sales and everything, it looks close to fully valued or did a couple days ago before the market kind of spooned. But then I look at uh, news like today, the uh, National Transportation Safety Board said maybe we're going to think about putting these sort of radar systems in bumpers to help keep us all from killing pedestrians and also to keep you from swerving off the road. And these systems, AutoLive is a leader in these kind of systems. They would cost a lot more than the airbags and other things that are that are more of AutoLive's uh, products. And if that stuff goes through, and believe me, eventually it will. It may not in the next year or two, but it'll be there eventually. That's the kind of thing that can power this kind of best-in-breed company forward for a long, long time. So it may be a buy, even though it looks fully valued. I'm still thinking about it. So it's either a buy or a sell, but just to add a little more fog to that very foggy advice, could yeah. it be a hold as well if you own it? <laughs> it could be a hold. Oh. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> I have. This is how worthless I am, everybody. When you want advice, you come to Molly. You come Full straight Marty. to Seth. Uh, we'll give you uh, buy, sell, uh, and hold. Uh, <laughs> All right, Seth, Jason, James, Early, Shannon, Zimmerman, guys, thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. Awesome. Happy Fourth of July to everyone. Thanks for listening to this edition of Motley Fool Money. You can check out past episodes at MotleyFoolMoney.com. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Do your homework and make your own decisions. And remember, the conversation continues 24-7 at fool.com. I'm Chris Hill. We'll see you next time.